Here we go. Oh, that's old school. I hit the old school Nemesis Studio. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross. This is episode 377. It's so wonderful to have you back here, as always, with us in the Smoking Pod Studio, beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Joining us tonight, off the cuff, out of nowhere. It's a big old surprise for y'all, ladies and gentlemen, returning yeah. to the show for the 482nd time, Mr. <laughs> Dirk Manning. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I can't wait till it's like the 666th time. <laughs> or, or even like or even like the 113th time. Right, Either right. one would be fine. But yeah, this is like a much like a lot that's happened in the last uh last couple of weeks sorry i'm just sharing this on the socials yeah um, that's always the first yeah. awkward moment kids yeah, and everybody yeah, knows yeah. like i still haven't figured this out because i'm going to click expand yeah, and like there that. i hear you and then i have to mute it before i can uh, look at the comments it's it's a it's a weird crazy zany technical world we're living in it is but, but uh, uh, i appreciate the fact that you know like, like i said like, like a lot of things right now are just you know in my life lately have been just kind of off the cuff and pleasant surprises which i'm sure we'll get to but I really appreciate the fact that all the times we've done this, we, um, what do we pregame for? 15 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Before we came on the air here. And we have so much to catch up on too, but yeah. we can do that later on. Um, but there's lots we can catch up uh, going on in the world that we're here to talk to you all about. Dirk's got exciting things happening, but a uh, little bit of housekeeping before we get into that, Dirk, that uh, you can join me on here. Oh, yes. Hold on. Mm. As I enjoy my iced tea. I got my... Uh, oh, you got your Verners? Got my Verners. <laughs> got your this Verners the, there, bye. All this, right. is the, uh, this is the Kickstarter drink of choice because you're always a bundle of nerves. So the Verners, as we know, is like Michigan medicine. So there's a strange connection there that I was unaware of where uh, Verner, right? Mm -hmm. He created his ginger ale. And, okay, I, I may not get this exactly right, but then he went off and had something to do with Canada Dry then returned to Michigan and created like the Verner's brand or something, something along those lines. There is a connection between Verner's and Canada dry that uh, I was unaware of, but I heard about like in a trivia segment on a show on a podcast, right. you know? Well, you know, the, you know, there's the joke obviously about uh, Verner's being Michigan medicine and things like that. And, and, you know, and when other people talk about ginger ale of any type, it's like there's ginger ale, and then there's burners. You know, it's a whole, and it's right. not like a brand loyalty thing. It's just a very different type of. Some people would say soda, but pop. It's a different type of pop. It's a different type of drink. It's a different type of beverage. Absolutely. Um, that's why I drink the. See, I love the iced tea, and I had to get off the soda pop because the soda pop was just you're drinking your calories away. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And right. the same thing with iced tea, but then. Um, Nest tea has a zero. Nest tea zero. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can't tell the difference. It's not like diet sodas where you know you can taste like the aspartame or whatever the hell they're using right. here, right? Right. It, it right, tastes right. exactly like normal Nest tea. So this has been like a huge treasure for me because I love iced tea. So I just drink Nest tea zero all the time, and it's it's incredible and it's zero calories, right? We are in a day and age, and you and I are an age where like the diet stuff was always really gross. And now we're to a point where we care about that stuff. Like I said, yeah, I mean, now, but it tastes good. Because, yeah, normally I don't drink a lot of pop. I'll drink pop on the road, maybe. That's about it. Um, Sometimes podcasting, you know, if I'm having a late night or something, this will be like my little energy boost, so you know, for the night. But, yeah, doing a kickstart is like, call me. This and I've been eating a lot of these lately. Oh God, dude! You put a bag down in front of those in front uh-huh. of me. It's over. It's done. It's it's forget it, about it, it. It calms the rumble bellies. It calms the anxiety. It call about when you know when you're when you're out on blast. You know, doing doing what we're doing. Which which by the way, right. congratulations on uh, how Cauldron's going. Uh, oh, see, I was about to jump into that. Uh, Crystal, good friend, Crystal Hope. She's just uh, hey, she's back. She actually just crossed the border crazily enough she got oh? exempt for uh for things how, that she how? Had. How, what is your I, what is her, her I, I don't want to get into it because it's kind of her stuff right um Fair enough. But, yeah, never mind we don't yeah that's true but she did at, she managed she managed to pop a little bit i can't i don't think she'll mind me saying this but she she turned her excursion into a camping trip where she stayed like in a campsite on one side of the border and then a campsite when she went over the border and absolutely <laughs> minimize the hell out of human connection like no hotels no like dealing with right. those people right right right, so right she was able to pop over and okay she says it's okay it's a, a medical uh exemption okay. so uh yeah she had to go for there's a specialist that she needs to see in boston and awesome. uh yeah so she had out. to so right. she had to pop over the border there and she went like the long way around and uh, yeah, so she camped on both sides. Absolutely brilliant. It's, it's, uh, That's a good move. Fantastic. Um, cauldron, kids. Yeah. Cauldron. Okay. Rushing it. It's just insane. Volume four of Cauldron. We just started the Kickstarter the other day after having an amazing launch event at the Raid Studio, uh, brand new Raid Studio in Toronto, uh, Queen Street. Uh, Extreme West uh, nowadays, a gorgeous little spot, uh, went out there for the launch party. It was wonderful. Host Ramon Perez and the Raid people are always fantastic. Safely as well. Mm -hmm. And they've got a little cafe in there now, and it's just incredible. Everybody should go by and check it out. But the whole front area is a gallery. So until, I think, October 18th, sometime I may be wrong about the date. If anybody out there is watching, Sam or anybody, let me know the date. But it's on. it's just started, and... Uh, the gallery showing is going to be on for, I think it's about a month, but you can drop by Raid Studio and right. you can bid and uh, bid on all the stuff on the wall. It's all, uh, you know, original art from all the past three volumes of Cauldron. And I think there's some new stuff uh, from Volume, uh, volume 4 as well. So, gorgeous cover too. Oh, I remember, that, okay. I, I can, I can, I think I have a lot to say this now, but, you know, I may have seen a sneak peek of the cover before things went live. Yes, you did. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I was just like, God, just gorgeous stuff. And uh, that would be Paul so- 
Slim Yanko, who yeah. is just a superstar. I learned of Paul because he did some like flashback sequence stuff on a book called uh, Neon Black by Kevin Briones. I know that book. Yes. And We've talked about that book before, if I'm not mistaken. It's incredible. That book is, it's one of my favorites. And uh, having Paul working on Cauldron. And, and, and tell me like, Considering everything Cauldron's been going for, you know, and, and what it's trying to uh, provide that was once provided in the past, what it's mm -hmm. inspired by, you could not have painted a more perfect cover for this type of anthology than Paul just pulled off. And that's a brand new character called Satanella. And uh, she's got some stories in the book. And she, in fact, right. meets, she meets my character, the dweller in the cellar, who you can all meet right. if you go and watch the Kickstarter videos. Right. He's kind of he's kind of the crypt keeper of cauldron magazine but uh today i think we i think we got to it i think they crossed uh 500 funded amazing on the kickstarter yeah, absolutely insane as well we have been named a project we love on That's kickstarter so, so well know. earned well earned and it's like a it's like a horror version of heavy metal which i i think is just perfectly encapsulates what cauldron's about I'm super excited. I pledged to get my copy already. Um, oh, you're a sweet. You're gonna need to sign it though because you're in it. You know when we when we. That's find the it, weird thing, you know, that there's a few comic books out there now that I like. I signed a couple at the launch show on yeah. Saturday, and it's always weird for me. I don't. It doesn't feel right. Like I, I go ahead because of course I'm going to. I get to right. sign shit, right? But at the same time, there's that little bit of imposter syndrome because I didn't do anything. I just made it. All these guys. See, shout outs to everyone involved, all you insane creators, because, you know, I, I put in like half an hour time of throwing on some stupid clothes and running around <laughs> in a basement going, right? And all these other incredible creators are putting months and months into these books. And I mean, Shane and Sam and Casey, all the founders of this book, Shane Heron, Casey Parsons, Sam Noir, Ricky Lima, They've got this thing down to like a science now. Like this is a well-oiled machine. Like volumes are planned far in advance, right? And and they're just, they got work coming. And to be able to wrangle this amount of creators uh, all coming into, you know, one little central hub, it's it's been an amazing thing they've pulled off. And it just started as a, but a couple friends wanting to put out something that they love and something that, you know, used to inspire them. And uh, yeah, it's been an incredible, incredible uh, experience. So congratulations to everybody, all you hard workers who have put months and months into some incredible stories. Uh, kids, go to Cauldron Volume 4 Kickstarter, please. And uh, keep those rewards pumping because it just means more art and more rewards and more stretch goals and this, this and that for all uh, you wonderful kids out there. So congratulations to the whole team. Cauldron kicking ass. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. still going to work on... We're still going to work on getting it a, a little more stateside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just needed to adjust that mm -hmm. there. Uh huh. Yeah, interesting in case, hat. That's in case nice anybody hat. out there with a big giant beard is watching, big giant red beard. Well, and and I will say for my people too, <laughs> if you're fans of things like Nightmare World mm -hmm. or Love Stories to Die For, that horror anthology, or perhaps I don't know the new book I have on Kickstarter right now, Buried but Not Dead, which we'll talk about in a moment. Cauldron is a perfect companion piece to people that like that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, obviously, um, Cauldron's its own thing, buried but not dead. But I mean, I'm just saying that if you like what I do, I like Cauldron. So by proxy, you would probably like Cauldron as well. Absolutely. You know, it's definitely that demographic. But the cool thing is about Cauldron, too, is that, you know, there's stuff in there that's very much like what you've done. 
and you know there's lots of stuff uh that's that's way out there and it's it's there's so much different stuff in it is what's really really cool about it so well yeah that's you know that's the that's the name of the game and that's what makes the anthology model fun i think someone may want to say hi yes you see that hi get, get, get out of here man there's a cameo hello right there. how there's the big hug i miss you hello okay that was like my 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 cyber hug cyber hugs flying through the internet how was dinner did you enjoy dinner that's good. I saw I saw the shadow. And I got all yeah. excited. I'm like, am I gonna? Am I? Are we gonna get to say hi? Well, I'm sure she popped down to see your pretty face. She's probably wondering how far into this podcast we'll be until the the post podcast dupe. But you know, <laughs> we'll get to that as soon as soon as we're done yapping about kickstarters hey. here. So there you go. Miss you. <laughs> Miss you. <laughs> Miss everybody, you know, and that's the thing. Too. Oh, Drina Joe, Aaron, you get a heart from Drina Joe in the comments there. Look, Look at, at this. that. All the love. Aaron's getting all the love. And that's uh, the thing. Crystal you know. wrote a bunch of stuff. I'm sorry, Crystal, I missed it all. Get to it. But there you go, kids. There's surprise. Yeah. Not, not only surprise guest Dirk Manning, but a surprise cameo from the cute vixen herself. There you go. Indeed. How's that work, guy? And that's the thing, too. You know, we talked about this before, so I don't we don't need to belabor it. But hold on a sec. There's, there's roaches outside. I'm pretty sure if we have to. <laughs> yeah. Gotta I'll be a good roommate. You know, I'll send you a York. Yes, York. Oh, she's um, a fan, too. You know, but, um, yeah. So we were talking about that and the fans and everybody getting along and loving it because they're going to love all the cool stuff that's happening out of Kickstarter right now. And I love the fact that this campaign is going on at the same time as the quick starter yeah. now we're, we're all in quarantine all this shit came down on us what are we going to do we got nothing to do all our, our lives our souls were ripped from us especially those of us who are not introverts um you know i think there hasn't been a lot of notice about you know checking on your local extroverts <laughs> well yeah yeah because you know this is a time for introverts and you've heard it and kids from the 90s and this they know how to do it they know how to quarantine they're happy with themselves they're happy doing their thing but there are those of us who are used to a social lifestyle because that's what drives us people and community and you know the, well, these these type of gatherings and it's really really difficult on some of us to to you know because you feel so just not alone. Like, I don't feel lonely, but you feel like lost. You feel empty. You don't have that thing to look forward to that you're going to exert so much effort. Well, in. What we just did is a perfect example. Getting to see the cute Vixen herself for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, just that. Yeah. Now, mind you, of course, we could set up a Zoom and chat or whatever. We're all busy, but just like the random like, hey, you know, love you, miss you, see you soon. Yeah. You know? but, but conversely, like you said, this is one of those things where I think we all got to the point where we had to decide how we were going to progress and how we were going to get back to work. You know what I mean? Source point, we've talked about at length, how they really hit the ground running and, and really thrived in this environment. As an organization, I'm very, I was very proud to help source point, you know, with what I could do, like we all were, right. but then it's like, okay, what are we going to do for ourselves now? You know, you take the time to, to adjust and things like that. And with this quick starter idea, I've wanted to do Buried But Not Dead 
for a long time. Well, that's where I was getting at with this. Yeah. Like we're all sitting around with nothing to do, uh, you know, and you are one of those extroverted people who, you know, you, you, you're not as much as you're out there doing your job, pushing your stuff, you know, you love a good show. You love seeing the family yes. and yeah, it that's feeds true. you. It feeds you like it feeds me. That and, is true. And a lot and of I'm people, also good going. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, of course, t- you know, but I mean, yeah. you know, that's kind of the sign of a, of a good balance. Right. Um, but, exactly. but here you are and what are we going to do so you're like well let's do what we always do but you know mm-hmm. you kind of condense things a little and you came up with this quick starter idea so before we you know just dive into the assumption of it all uh, yeah. I'm going to assume there may be a few new people who have no idea what we're talking about so you were in the middle of quarantine you got bored this was your idea explain <laughs> Well, and I wouldn't quite say it was I got bored. It's more like it really provided the opportunity to do this thing, which I wanted to do. Right, right. I, I just dropped a link in the chat so people can see it. Uh, what it was is I was supposed to have three books come out this year, and then everything fell apart. You know, I mean, right. like, still source point, right or wrong to Cthulhu Jr., all this other stuff, and everything just went sideways and, you know, whatever. So, as the dust kind of settled and things like that. And it's like, okay, how are we gonna move forward here? And you start to realign. And when you do like the Tales of Mystery Omnibus or Tales of Mystery Volume 5, I think Tales of Mystery Volume 5 is like almost 200 page book or something like that, give or take. Jesus. It's close, it's close to 200 pages. It's, it's a big book. Or the Mystery Omnibus, obviously of the first four volumes, not even because Act 5 is not in that, is a four or 500 page book. Um, right or wrong too very big it's gonna be a big involved campaign you know and what ended up happening was i i realized that those weren't the right things to do when people are going through quarantine and a lot of people didn't necessarily oh yeah there you go Virginia Joe said 232 pages for Jeez. mr e5 yeah yeah you know but but welcome back to <laughs> but i realized that when there's a lot of people, you know, when this started, a lot of people had a lot of financial uncertainty and things like that. And uh, it wasn't the right thing to launch these big campaigns. And one of the things I wanted to do for a long time is do Buried But Not Dead, which was take all of these stories that I've done in different anthologies that are now long out of print, put them together in a new collection, maybe take a Nightmare World story or three that got rotated out of canon that have never been in print, that no one has laid eyes on some of these stories in a decade since the online original Nightmare World days, and put them in a nice collection. I've had that gorgeous cover by Jan Apple. And do, and do a campaign. But again, then it became, I didn't want to do something that was overly financially taxing. So what I've done with this campaign, which is very different, 15-day quick starter, and I, and I can't say the one that coined the term quick starter. I mean, I think it's been in the lingo of a lot of us for a while, but instead do a 15-day campaign, all thrills, no frills. You get the book. It's $20, free shipping. Boom. You want right. some other books? Buy them at convention prices. No shirts, no tchotchkes, just boom. Right. And the other thing I did was rather than start with the deluxe version to keep the cost in the book down, We'll see if we can get to a hardcover, you know. So there are stretch goals, though. Yeah, it's more just stretch goal this time. Normally what I'll do on a book is like with Tales of Mystery, for example, or something like that, you know, um, this is the standard edition of Tales of Mystery Volume 4. You know, it's a soft cover. Right. 
But when I know when I launched this book on Kickstarter, you had 30 days to pre-order and you got the hardcover. With Buried But Not Dead, the hardcover is like the ultimate stretch goal that we have. Right. And to me, doing a 15-day campaign with a $20 book to get to $9,999, 10,000 10, basically, was Nuts. like, okay, get whatever. I mean, if we get, and, and again, and I, and I ran the numbers, I crunched numbers on this, it was a situation where, yeah, sure. If, if we get to $10,000, I will make this a hardcover book. Uh, we have six days left and we're at 8,388. It's insane. I mean, I, a lot of that speaks to your experience, though, too. Well, you know, these the, you you have experience. You know how to run a Kickstarter. You've ran how many right. huge, successful campaigns. You know what you're doing. It, it's for, for someone doing their first or second campaign. This would have been an absolutely insane goal. But you kind of you kind of can. It's still insane. I mean, the fact that we're getting this close, it blows my mind. And, and here's the thing. And, and again, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be real. I'm working on Right or Wrong Volume 2. I have a huge chapter in the book about the anatomy of Kickstarter, the anatomy of crowdfunding. And I was running all my numbers and books I've written have raised a quarter of a million dollars on Kickstarter. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's you absolutely know, ridiculous. It's insane. It, it blows my mind to even say that, you know, it's just, it's insane. And, um, but that being said, to, to be within striking, to be within less than $1,700 with six days to upgrade this book to a hardcover during the pandemic, during a pandemic, it's just a testament to, I mean, admittedly, I, I know how to run a campaign, but I, I literally did not think we would be here now. And I recognize too, people go, you say that all the time. I don't take this stuff for granted. And you're right. I mean, it's nuts. It's a hard right time to out. tell. I mean, yes, you have an audience and you have a loyal sure. audience, people who sure. enjoy your work and they look sure. forward to the next thing. You and do have a bit, yeah. and it is a bit of a boned, a bonus added thing that people are spending right now. They're spending online. They're spending mm -hmm. on things they like. They're spending on mm -hmm. entertainment. They're spending on things that are going to feed them creatively. Right. Um, and the comic industry you know, in a weird way has proven that on one side, as much as there's been difficulties with the big two and a lot of the distribution and the, the industry is kind of in chaos. What it has done is what we all kind of were talking about and thought it would do is, 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 you know, it's bursted wide open into this ocean of independent creativity that people are just, you know, swimming like mad through. So, you know, people are loving it. You know, you can't get, you can't depend on what you're used to depending on, but you know what? You can depend on Dirk Manning's Kickstarters. You can depend <laughs> I guess. On, you can depend on that coming through, you know? Well, was, I'm just. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you can, yeah, you can right. definitely know that I will deliver what I say I'm going to deliver. Right. I mean, there's no question. But again, oh, we miss you, David. Good to see you, man. Um, yeah, it was just, I wanted to take some time, sit back. And then it was like, okay, this is the thing to do. And to me, Buried But Not Dead was going to be a little campaign. I said that, and again, this was not a campaign I advertised months in advance. About two or three weeks out, I'm like, by the way, I'm doing this thing. And I, my, my vision for this was to be the small, compact, $20 holler, something right. good in 2020. And, and, I'm, and I'm amazed and I'm shocked and I'm grateful that it's now we're getting to like that deluxe version we i like that people came along 
from the very beginning when you were first going online and just saying, hey, what I got like these ideas. What do people think of this, this and that? And you started tossing it around and people gave you their thoughts and, you know, you went back and forth a little and you thought it out until you decided to do this. And I love that people got to literally see from the very first instant of brainstorming thought right through to which I am assuming will be a, an awesome hardcover edition. You know, that's I'm great hoping. fun for people to go from yeah. the beginning to them holding it in their hands too, right? Because you're right. I didn't think about that, but you're right. I mean, I was literally doing a live stream, just catching up with everybody. And again, you know, you have, you know, your my mental idea board. And I'm like, gosh, I've done a story with Riley Rosmo, who worked on the Batman Who Laughs. You know, right. I, I've done a story with, you know, Alejandro Aragon and Jan mm-hmm. Apple and uh, Sally, Sally Scott, and Mark Winters, and Austin McKinley, and, you know, and, and these, and they're, and they're all out of print, they're gone, you know, right. uh, it, and it was just the time to put them together, but, and again, some people, there are a few people out there that have the Nine Inch Nails hardcover that that story's in, you go to Amazon, that book goes for a thousand dollars, right, it's insane, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but, to now collect it all and then to take so far what's two nightmare world stories that have never ever ever seen print and put them in this book and then the fact that we're within striking distance now of upgrading it to a hardcover so it matches all the it just yeah like you said from the idea of like maybe i'll do this talking live to, to my peeps to now we're here I, i'm just grateful I'm very grateful. I'm very excited. And it's a really cool book. That's the other thing. It's kind of, it's almost your Bachman books in a way. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah. it's those lost tales. That, well, it is. You know, you're, exactly you're, right. you're just putting eyes back on them. I know it's not, you you know, no, I, I know what you're saying. You weren't you writing know. under the pseudonym of another pseudonym and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, but like to me, you're right. A lot of people aren't aware that. I was one of the nine writers that Riley Rasmo asked to do a story in Diaz de la Mortis. A lot of people don't know that book exists. Right. And, and years ago, I talked to Riley and I said, hey, would I be able to reprint this? And he's like, well, if it's okay with Jim Valentino and Image. I got a hold of Jim and he's like, if it's fine with Riley, I'm like, we're good. Right, right. But I, think, looks- uh, I think Amanda Parks requires a Nine Inch Nails explanation. Okay, well, Buried But Not Dead, it was started as a collection of six lost tales. Now, because we, we unlocked... At, and again, I think I'm so funny. At 7,777, we added a seventh story. Now we're closing in on 8,888. We'll unlock an eighth story. Then at 9,999, we'll upgrade to a hardcover. Uh, all the stories in the book. Oh, <laughs> look at the comments. Sorry. Uh, all the stories in the book are from other anthologies and, and things like that that are out of print. I did a story with Mark Winters in a Nine Inch Nails anthology, it's out of print. That's in there. I did a story with Riley Rosmo that's not there. Yeah, that, that's, that's long out of print. And that, don't die, it's too early. Yeah, it's too early. We got stuff to do, Jay, don't go down. I know, sorry, the pens um, can be vicious these days. <laughs> but um, to get to bring all these stories together, write new little introductions, talking about the gestation of them, bring in some of the nightmare world stories which talk about planting the seed if i was more prepared i would have had it with me when we did the nightmare world omnibus and we did the nightmare world bible we had the nightmare namakan bonus book there's a page in the bonus book called 
Gone But Not Forgotten. And I listed all the Nightmare World stories that were produced that got rotated out of canon. We're now bringing two of those stories into this book and possibly a third one. Um, it's just fun. It's just this fun book. It's a cool book. And it's very thematically, I like how you said like the Bachman book idea, because originally I was afraid this was going to be like a goulash and not right. very, but it's, but it's, these are all very poignant stories. Right. Just, they're very, they're very personal stories because when you do a, a story with a one-off anthology somewhere, I mean, real talk, when I, when Riley Rosmo, again, one of Canada's finest exports, when he asked me to do a story for Dias de la Mortis, I had one goal. And I'm sure you probably know what that goal was. To be the best damn story out of the nine. Right. Makes Point sense. blank. Right. I, I wanted to dust everybody. And, and I say that in the ter in terms of friendly competition. But, I mean, Curtis Weeby's in there, stuff like that. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I don't care who's in there, you know. I'm, <laughs> yeah. my, my goal is you have to beat me. <laughs> and my story, Tevas Angels Mio, in that, I'll put up against, if you can get your hands on the original anthology, I'll, I'll put my story against anyone. Well, okay, you know? this is interesting because, you know, you're proud of that one and yeah. you're revisiting old stories. So is mm -hmm. there any kind of, and you've written new introductions and things mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. now, is there any bit any kind of temptation to revisit these stories, to re-edit these stories? Are there any that you're putting in that you're not even you know that you're okay with are these all stories you're right. super proud of or were you like this one's poignant i think i could have maybe just actually you know maybe written it a little differently but have you reread everything that you're putting in like i did um several of the stories so like the two real life supernatural stories are more recent tevas angels mio that's one of the best short stories i've ever read so that one with riley I bought every page of art from that story. I have them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love that story. Um, so that one was, that one is money. The two supernatural ghost stories, we just had to fix. Again, I had, I had uh, Drea Joe come in. She caught like a typo in one of them or something. So we, we fixed that. The Nine Inch Nails story was good as it was. I rotated that, that, or that story was originally a Nightmare World story. But I rotated it out of canon because thematically it didn't fit the same way everything else did. It's a great story. I mean, ha uh, the story is called uh, Just Like You Imagined. And it's kind of like a true crime-ish kind of story. Mm -hmm. And it's good. And Mark Winters did Bitter Wine for Nightmare World. <laughs> he did some other stuff. But it didn't fit in Nightmare World when you look at this big mythos anthology. You know, so I was happy to bring that one back. Then one of the lost Nightmare World stories, uh, We Were Not As Others, I did do a slight tightening of the dialogue because there's one bit in it when I'm like, I think I wrote that story in 2004 or five, but I have to go back and look. But there's a lot of, a lot of miles on the road between then and now. How does it work? with the lines between well the lines of completion i guess you know there's like okay let's say let's use as an example director's cuts of movies 
can you have a director's right. cut of a book? Can a writer have their writer's cut and revisit something later and add stuff they'd left out? Or maybe yeah. just, you know, can you George Lucas it well, and, and add stuff new to a book just to change the story? Could that is that considered just yet another draft of the book? Or once it's published, mm-hmm. you know, once it's published, is it done? Or creatively and just artistically, can it be an ongoing living thing that you can add to? How do you you know, that's that? an interesting point, especially with your Star Wars reference. I was torn on We Who Are Not As Others. Austin McKinley drew the story. Austin fully illustrated the story. He just finished Tales of Mystery Volume 5. Now, I say that because point being, I still have a great relationship with Austin. We work together all the time. He's one of the nicest guys in comics. He really needs to get on the show, too. He's one of those ones that I keep saying we need to get him on here. All right. So point being, if I wanted to George Lucas, We Who Are Not As Others, that short story for Buried But Not Dead, Austin would happily do it. I know he would happily do it because we, we get along well. We, we you know work together well. And even when I went through to tighten the dialogue a smidge, I kind of wasn't sure if I should. Because part of me was like, this is a lost tale. I want people to see it as it was as Dirk Manning in 2006 or whenever it was. Right, because and, because it was published. Had this been a story just sitting in your right. file cabinet, right. would right. you have felt the same way? You only feel that way because it was published. Had it just been right. a rough you know, final draft in yeah, your thing, you would have just picked it up and kept going on, working on it. Right, no problem. But being published, somehow that makes a difference. Like it's it does. So right. what I ultimately decided was, I'm not changing the tone of the story. I'm not changing the delivery of the beats. I'm not changing the inherent thing that made the story the story. It's like I just want to tighten this spot of dialogue. It's just a little, a little loose, you know. Just, just so I gave it a little, a little tweak. Perfect. Boom. But I was very conscious not to completely rewrite it. Um, now, jumping ahead to stuff coming out next year, next year we'll be getting back to Tales of Mystery Volume 5 will come out, but also the Tales of Mystery Omnibus, which is going to collect the first four volumes. Volume 1 of Tales of Mystery, as you know, is in black and white. I went through, and to keep tonal consistency with the rest of Act 1, went from black and white to cut from well not black and white but grayscales right to color and again it was like do i maintain the original because i always envisioned mystery volume one as a film black and white film noir and but when i'm collecting one black and white book or grayscale book with three colored books right hey it's wizard of oz man right well partially it's got to get through the first one Right. But, so, but what I decided was, again, I, I, I George Lucas did a little bit. I went through and we completely recolored volume one. And now totally, when you get that big version of the book, which will eventually be how the book, the only way you probably get it sooner or later, it's consistent. And that makes sense. Right. And you, but again, you go through and then you start looking at the dialogue. And then it's, to me, you can tighten a couple of bolts here and there. But the story should exist as the story, and it should be right. what it was. Right. You know? Um. Amanda says here that Neil Gaiman did it with American Gods. Do you know what that reference is to? Romance, did, other, did he uh, add that. to like 
did he add to American Gods? Or I think he did like a new epilogue. Play with it a little. I think he might have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he did. And 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 again, but. And why would you, oh man, why would you ever apologize for Neil Gaiman references? Oh, Neil Gaiman's great. Don't ever you know, apologize fact, for my, such a thing. Jeez. My niece is a voracious reader, and my mom called me uh, yesterday and said, hey, she said, your niece is like you. She goes, she's reading beyond the point of anyone else in the family. Like, finally, we got another reader. Right. And I was trying to, she's like, she just read... I hate to say this name right now, but separating, I guess, the person from the, the product. Um, she just finished the Harry Potter books for the second time. Right. And she's, uh, I want to say she's in sixth grade. Her parents tried to like give her classic literature. Like my brother tried to give her like Little Women. She's like, I don't like that. I think I'm going to read Lord of the Rings. I'm like, okay, right. like come, come with me, child. So one of the things I was thinking about getting her is getting her some of the Neil Gaiman novels because I mean she loves speculative sure. fiction, she loves science fiction stuff like that, you know. And I was thinking like, and she loves dystopian stuff. So I got to hope she doesn't watch this podcast. But for Christmas, <laughs> I'm going to get. You'd be surprised, Jay. Yeah. Uh, for Christmas, I'm going to get her uh, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Right, right. And I was even looking at like some really like nice deluxe versions. And I'm How like, old are you in grade six? Twelve. Twelve. I read it when I was twelve. Yeah. See, I was. I was going it. into grade six when mm -hmm. I was twelve. That was the year that I read book. Read it, and my mom had the. I read my mom because she had she would read Stephen King books and then yeah. just pass them on to me. And you'd get them right. Yeah, and and she had the big hardcover copy, right? Mm. And uh, you know, it took me all summer to read. It took like two or three months for me to get through the damn thing. But I think it's important for kids to to be pushed. It's you know a lot of the stuff yeah. that comes out nowadays that I see that is supposed to be age appropriate for my son. It's kind of it. Th th there's nothing. To, to, to push the brain. There's nothing to soak in there. That's yeah. why, like, we've talked in the past about my favorite book, and I think all young kids, not young kids, but maybe 10 to, like, 12 or 13 should read The Jungle Book. It's, mm. it's, it's a fantastic book uh, to bridge the gap from, like, young adult to an and, adult book. You know, there's some stuff you won't get in there, but you right. may understand later on. Yet there are very simple lessons that as, you know, as someone becoming a woman or a man, or growing into a mature adult would you know start to start to get there's things you can get people, from it and people have misconceptions of that book largely because of the animated disney movie and babaloo and all that oh stuff. Yeah, it's like, nothing like that no it's, it's a different well, it, it's, is. It, 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 it is but it, it's a different that. no pun intended it's a different animal and right. you're right and it's interesting because with my niece thinking about the books that are going to push her at this age and the books that are going to intrigue her and the books that are going to make her a lifelong reader. She'll send me stories she writes sometimes, you know, and I yeah. have like hip to like Google Docs. She'll like send me a Google Doc and I'm like, and I'm like, you know, you know, when your niece sends you something, oh, this will be cute. Yeah. You start reading it and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we're going to do real critiques. Well, do, do you, know, you know what I got living in my house? Yeah, yes, and, I do. <laughs> and and dude, it's disappointing in a way that I was a voracious reader. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you and I yeah, you and the I same, same all from being young, young kids look, reading. Look around this office. Yeah, reading, reading heavy, heavy books, right? Yeah. And my kid has just never, ever been 
a big reader. He, he reads great. He's got a fantastic vocabulary. He, he's he's into more it. than capable. It's just not his bag, baby. But this kid draws and draws and draws. He's it's 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 like a I've never seen a kid. I was never this focused about anything or put this much time as a nine year old. This kid puts in more work than I see half the like pro artists I know do, to be honest. I, like, I've joked with you, but the day's going to come when I talk to you. And I don't care if he's 18 or 22. And I'm going to say, Jay, I want to hire him. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, I'm telling the day well, is going to this, happen. This is a big question I have that, that's made me think about how we look at education and the education system is would he have got would he be nearly as good as he is now because he's he's very good for his age would he be that good if he did not just have the past six months to sit at home down. and practice his craft eight hours a day if not more like spread out throughout the day this kid probably draws 14 16 hours a day while he's watching tv he'll uh, he'll have his pad next to him video games Man, like I've seen him playing vids with one hand and drawing with the other. I'm not shitting you. Like the and then the like because he'll have his iPad on with something frozen that he's drawing, and then he'll yeah. have his TV on with the video game, and he'll have the headphones on. So he's talking to his friend while he's playing like Fortnite or Roblox or whatever, and uh, he's on Discord so, so a lot now. Oh and then god. with the other hand, he's got his shit. And he's it's like oh my god. Well, like you know, it's interesting too because it speaks to the bigger disposition in the western world here in regards to art how art is seen first and foremost as a hobby or a kid thing and i'm even talking about writing too for that right thing. yeah yeah you know but the interesting the interesting extrapolation of that is that now like in regards to writing more than art journalism's dying for example like yeah you know and all the things we're losing because we're not encouraging people to follow their passion of reading and to follow the passion of writing and, and, and art and music and all that stuff. And it's some so kind of craft, right? Some, like, right, right, right. Right. Like if imagine your kids were given that, like, like, I think kids do need a summer. I think they do need to have that two month break to run around and roll in the dirt and just be kids and not have to worry so, about anything. I'll be honest with you. I would be okay with a month off in the summer a month off in the winter, two, three weeks off, you know, and do more year round, but like extended right. shorter breaks. But too. either way, I'm not, like, I think they should get like part of the school year. Imagine they were given like one or two of those, you know, months of the school year to just focus on one particular thing that they had a passion in. Imagine what kids mm -hmm. might be able to accomplish, you know, it's, you know, it, it's crazy, but I mean, it's hard too, because I mean, I've really been considering teaching my son cursive lately, because if I don't, no one else is, right? Like, they don't teach that shit no more. It's done. You, it's you, over. And you're right, but you prompted something. I haven't thought about this in years. I was, not surprisingly, close to my English teacher in high school. You know, my, my English teacher did a lot to really, really helped me in tremendous ways really saved my life in a lot of ways my, my parents even talk about that but like you know you're i found out years later my english teacher contacted my parents and said look you know this is a kid that's got a lot of potential and stuff like that and i want to you know i, I want to work with him a little bit to, to help him hone what he's got and um 
let you know that he's got someone here at the school looking out for him. And so I did creative writing with her. She was my English teacher and then she did creative writing. So I took creative writing. And of course, everyone else is writing this other like fluff stuff. And I'm just, you know, just in the weeds, elbow deep in this stuff. But at the end of that creative writing course, she pulled me aside. And this is what she talked to my parents about. And she said, I take one student a year for creative writing too. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I got to sit under her learning tree for another semester, whatever it was. One-on-one, it was on her planning time and just hunker down and really get, and just go to the dojo, you know, about writing. Right, right. And I, I, I don't know if I would be where I am now without that, you know? And then, the, you, right. know, but, you know, my point being, the result of that, <laughs> yeah. you know, but because yeah. I had a teacher who cared about me and really saw what I had, she hated horror. She hated the horror stuff. She'd like play <laughs> creative writing. We'd like write a poem, right? So she played like a tape of like rain, like a thunderstorm. Like, you know, right. <laughs> everyone's. I remember you know, that writing, shit. Yeah, totally. And you know, when you get in front of the class and you read your poem and, you know, oh, a tropical forest and yeah. parrots and blah, blah, blah. And then you get up there, like dirt, get up there. And then thinking, okay, the weird horror kid, he can't do anything here. I get up there and, you know, <clears throat> I'll never forget this. Blood is falling from the sky. And everyone's just like, God, my teacher, she wants to flip her desk. And they're like, oh, my God. And it was like this guy who, like, died and, like, thought he went to heaven. And then, like, ended up being all this, you know, of course, all this crazy high school contrived stuff. Right. But she hated that stuff. But she saw how passionate I was about it. And she took the time to curate that. And that's why I am where I am today. Because it's amazing. Those moments, man. Okay, so grade six, mm -hmm. um, Mrs. Kitmer, in grade six at Hillside Public Senior, uh, senior Public School. Okay. Six, seven, eight. And this is grade six. And uh, what she did was for creative writing, and I have this. I'll pull it out and show it to you next yeah, time yeah, we yeah. chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see it. I wanna, I'll find my old high school ones I'll show you, too. For an entire term, like, or, you know, one semester, we call them terms, yep, and yep, yep. Uh, uh, one hour a day was spent on writing a novel. So we wrote I'm like, I'm drooling. I'm like, one story for the year. And we just worked on that one story one hour a day. And she's like, I want a minimum of like, I can't remember how many pages it was, 50 or something. Mm -hmm. I'll have to pull the book out because I've still got the book out. And we had to go through the entire process. You had to yeah. have at least two or three rough drafts and hand it in by a certain time. You know, right. a certain like right. one month was basically it was like the first two or three months were like each draft. And then there we a final, and then you know, and then by the end of it, each of us had a typed, printed, assembled, laminated, covered, illustrated book that we had made. And wow. uh, mine was a western. I wrote mine about Billy the Kid. Oh, I was wow. huge into westerns at the time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and I wrote about Billy the Kid, and it was might have been called The Adventures of Billy the Kid or something. 
But uh, yeah, and I still have it, man. And I'll show it to you. But yeah, it's a whole it's still when I look at it and, and remember all the work I put into that in grade six. But that was the thing, like being able to just spend all that time on one thing. Like you learned so much about other stuff through the process mm-hmm. of it as well. Right. You know, and again, you've kind of like we're going to like this deep dive regression. And I've literally never put this together until you were talking about this. So being in creative writing and then creative writing two, I became the editor of the, um, the literary magazine for the high school. We had a literary magazine when people right submit their story. Yeah. You know. yeah. So one of the things I had to do as editor, and I think I kind of ended up like becoming editor the first year too, if I'm not mistaken. I think the, other, the original person got a flake down the more I think about it. But you literally had to put the magazine together. And back in those days, it was like cutting out, you know, the stories and like putting them on the page and Xeroxing them and using the certain color tape and stuff like that and assembling the magazine to then Xerox and, and mass produce I got it right over there, as a matter of fact. But I think about that now, and you know, and people would do art. So then you match the art to the stories. Right. But again, those skills are the skills that you then, I then used years later when you're doing project management and stuff like that, creating comic books. Exactly. And it just, God damn. I'm, I'm going to send this to my English teacher who, who I will, I will politely let her remain anonymous so that she will not be blamed for being the one bringing me into those worlds. But thank you. <laughs> Cyber uh, she was, she was, she was a mentor to me and I, I, I love her to death and, but wow, man. Yeah. It, but it just, you don't think about how that stuff guides you and what you're doing. And then of course I went to college, I worked at the college newspaper and back then too, they had the big boards and you got to learn to like cut and like you had to cut inches off your columns and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, and now here we are doing Kickstarters, making books, quarter of a million dollars in sales and and rock and roll, you know. It's uh, what a journey times, man. It, it we're just, gonna we're gonna do this right here. They, oh, there it is. What are we up to? What are we up to? Yeah, scroll down. Let's see that bad boy. Well, remember, you're looking at this in Canadian as well. I don't know how often you get to do that, but in Canadian numbers. Oh, uh, that's right. It'll look different. <laughs> you would have been looking for a goal of 4,466 Canadian dollars. And right now you're sitting at 11,253 Canadian dollars. Oh, scroll down a little bit. I don't see it. I don't see the number because I don't see it on mine. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, you can't see it there? No, it's I'm, oh, you know what? Because my screen's up here's hold up here's my look at it. there it is. Now I see it. Yeah, I saw it. Oh wow! You didn't see a screen cap of that. And then it he, looks even more impressive in Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, converted from eight thousand three hundred ninety-eight dollars thirty-five cents. Three 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 three. That's good yeah. times. That's great though. Two hundred and fifteen backers for a week. The first weekend. Yeah. And let's, is there anything we can show them here? We can show them that. That's yeah. awesome. There, look at that cover. Jan Apple did that cover. And again, Fuck. it's beautiful. I've been, I've been sitting on that piece of art for years. Uh, because again, this was one of those one day I'm going to get to this book. How'd you sit on that? Wow. Think about what else I'm sitting on. <laughs> I can't imagine after you seeing know. that, man. Look at those. Here's the stories. 
It looks beautiful. Yeah, so these are these are samples. And Josh Werner at SourcePoint helped me do the design for this. So Tevas of Angel, Angel Mio, uh, that was a story. We'll give a guided tour here. Uh, that was a story that was in Riley Rosmo's book, uh, Dias de la Mortis, um, printed by Image Comics. It was printed Golden Age style, so it was big, totally out of print. Uh, I ain't superstitious. That is a real life. That is a real life ghost story. Jan Apple, who did the cover, illustrated that story. Uh, by real life ghost experience in New Orleans. Cool. Just like you imagined. That is by Mark Winters. He went on to do art for Magic: The Gathering, uh, the card game. Uh, that was the story that was in the Nine Inch Nails anthology. This was a fun one. Think twice by Alejandro Aragon, who now is doing work for. Uh, he did Death Orb for Vault. He's doing the, the uh, comic book the, uh, based on the TV show, The Expanse. He was an artist I've wanted to work with for so long back in the day. And I didn't really know him. And I was really intimidated by him because he's so good. But I got he got paired with me to do a story for this uh, social issues anthology. So I got to do a, a short story with him. And even to get a hold of him about putting the story in the book, now that he's doing such big stuff, I was like, is it, I'm, I'm going to use, you know, the story. And he was great with it. He talked about how much he liked working with me and great dude. Hopefully I get to work with him again. Cool. Uh, the Bridge Where Carrie's Eyes Changed Color by Sally Scott. This was, again, a real life story. Um, this was in a anthology of paranormal experiences. And all I can preface people on the story is that it's true. And people will read it and that have read it before when it originally came out and like okay well what really happened like no that happened her eyes changed colors these other things in this story i mean i was right freaking there it happened this is not like a hyperbole thing right it i was there i i, I am like literally you see long-haired dirk manning in the story as a kid or not kid teenager excited to read it yeah, so then the last one we have listed out here is We Who Are Not As Others by Austin McKinley, a science fiction story. He went on now and he's uh, illustrated some Tales of Mystery stuff. He's doing all of Tales of Mystery Volume 5 right now. Um, he's going to be doing some other work together soon. Uh, actually, an unannounced Source Point anthology Ooh. coming out. Yeah. Um, Beautiful stuff, my friend. Thank you. And that We Who Are Not As Others, I have to say, has one of the funniest lines I've ever written. That's one of the Lost Nightmare World stories. We've unlocked, and I didn't share it on the page, a chibi manga Nightmare World story called Don't Stop Dancing. Ooh. And uh, we might be unlocking one more by David Miller, who went on to do a bunch of stuff for Top Cow and things like that. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah, Dude, and then we get amazing. Cover. Thank you. I uh, just kind of pulled this together, you know, at the last minute. <laughs> well, again, it's been sitting was, on some beautiful stuff, man. I, yeah, yeah, that's it, you know. And yeah. I, I, this was one of those. Parts. I don't know if I've actually. Hold on, I don't know if I've seen this. Uh oh, uh oh, look at that ugly face. Whew. Look, oh, look at that. Oh, I will tell you. Hey, pause that real, real, real fast. <laughs> We don't even need to yeah, see you that. You just probably said everything that you probably say there anyways, right? No, I, yeah, it, it, it literally was me just holding the phone right here. There is, in this video somewhere, I'm not going to say where, a hint, a spoiler, if you will, 
to a massive project I have coming out next year with Source Point Press. Ooh. I supposed to let it play through on that note? No, 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 no. People can go to the page. Yeah, go watch it, people. Go, go, go to Kickstarter. Go look up "Buried but Not Dead." Right there. Um, you can Lost look it up. Tales Volume well, One. Yeah, we got funded in under six hours. You know. Uh, now I'd like to also do this while we're here. See oh, this you do. Right Everybody, see this right here. This yep, little, yep, uh, do little it. area on uh, Kickstarter. It's Project Projects We love. Uh, I believe if uh look around over here, pop. how many are there? They pick. They do. I'm not going to lie. They they do a fair amount. They do I was bunch. curious if I was going to get it again on this because I'm only doing 15 days. Right. I'm like, watch day 14, they'll love me or something. So like, there's enough of them that I'm going to sit here and scroll through this shit forever, probably. Um, well, you got to remember, like you can see like documentaries, technology. They love a lot of stuff, but you are amongst the, the beloved. Yeah, well, Cauldron was amongst Zerger, the beloved yeah. there, which is super cool. Uh, before we sign off here, let's just do a quick. Uh, let's see what those boys are sitting at. Oh wait, comics and illustration. There's a whole thing right here too. Yeah, I, man. I bet you there's a shitload of that. I've never explored uh, this kind of way. Of oh man, I'll it. tell you what, brother. I love going to Kickstarter and just exploring the comic section and finding books to back. I've backed over 260 projects on Kickstarter and just finding comics that, and then you feel bad because a lot of times your friends are on Kickstarters and it's like, I can't back everything, but sometimes I also like to back something from someone who I don't necessarily know either to get new stuff. Oh, right? absolutely, yeah. But uh, yeah, you can go there and just go, go shopping. You know, it's like, you, know, you don't necessarily want to go to a comic shop right now. Cool, man, go to, go to, um, Go to Kickstarter. Do it that way. You know, go that route. Here we go. Let's let's take a peep in on the Cauldron Boys here. Yeah, and, bring it up. Bring it up. We talked. All right, five thousand five hundred seventy dollars out of a nine hundred ninety nine dollar goal. I believe that Man, puts so us awesome. highly in the five hundred percentile. One hundred and fifty one backers. Fantastic. Very cool. I am. I am the one. In 151. There you go. Nice. I did. I backed. Uh, there's yeah, that cover, kids, that, that we were talking about earlier. Gorgeous. By now, Dirk, very, what you haven't very, seen, Dirk, what? what you haven't seen is this. Ready? There's there's another version of this. I cover. saw you guys did a did the yeah version. Yeah. I like I like the clothed one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm yeah, never no, even is, yeah. When I was when I was little, like I would like fast forward like. The sex scenes and stuff. I don't care about that. I want to see the movie. I want to see the story. Look at that guy. Now that's my character, kids. That's yes. the dweller in the cellar. Um, but I love the eye. Little, uh, I love the eye. That's the wonderful Casey Parsons there, and he he just he likes to ugly him up. So yeah, I got a milky white. I thought eye it was. And... I thought it was a photo for a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're cute. Uh oh, there's really I can't believe the amount of talent in yes. this book. Like yes. Daniel Wong this year. Like it, there's look at that. Uh, dude, incredible. It's incredible. Oh, it's I've gorgeous. known the magazine. And and, good. and and anyway. an example of you know oh, how good. far it goes the other way, too, right? Well, I mean, right. I mean, you got kind of the coop thing going, whatever, but just the, the quality of the art, and that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. For people that like my anthology stuff, this is well worth backing well worth lots backing. of monsters lots of monsters and stuff that greedily 
greedily in a greedy fashion i can't wait for a big cauldron trade paperback with all four issues so far because you know casey, oh, casey pierce did a story in volume one you know and she was know. in two she did in the first volume she okay. just did like a page uh, uh just a one-page thing and then she did another story with casey parsons in the next one and yeah they they literally put them together because they're casey's like that's how much fun like a story is born they're like you're both named casey so you guys do something like that's it, it, that that's the, the simplicity of how this magazine comes about and it's just super oh, no. super super fun uh that was cool uh out of nowhere i'm sorry i didn't promote it it was fun that this stayed surprised like we, no, we, we just you know, we talked the other day we're like blah, 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 thursday blah 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 yeah well you know like like buried but not dead sometimes you just gotta do things spontaneous spontaneous and exciting fashion uh you know last time i was on it was with the broken gargoyles crew and stuff like that but selfishly i also just want to talk to you <laughs> but okay, just just again there, there's six days left in the campaign we are uh we've unlocked four stretch goals already um we're getting we're within five hundred dollars, I think, of unlocking an eighth story in the book. Then we get to a Kickstarter exclusive hardcover. So call, you know, we gotta see if we can do some cross promotion with Cauldron and push each other out there a little bit, I think, is our next step here. Yeah, I think it should be in a goddamn magazine. Hey man, you know what? Let I'm I would do it's, it. We'll in. see what happens. See, the only that's the cool thing about Cauldron is, is they don't. It's not like there's never a call for artists anymore or anything right. like that because it was friends, right? Like the, everybody added to the magazine is just another friend. So right. it just it grows so organically. I think that's where the fun of it's coming from, you know. Absolutely. But there's but that, lots of cool people that need to be involved. That's why it was cool that it was Casey was involved and it. Well, so luckily, rally, I'm but, tight with the dweller and the seller. Right there, you go. I would, you know, and that's the thing too. It's funny because we talked earlier to guys to come full circle as we wrap it up. Do you ever extend your work? And you know, a nightmare world was such a seminal work for me. We did the four volumes, we did the 52 stories of canon, then we got the extra stories floating out there in the ether that we're now slowly divvying out in these like lost tales books. But when I got into a nightmare world, by and large, I'm like, I've done the genre short story thing. I did it more than 52 times over. Now I'm doing my horror noir, Tales of Mystery. Now I'm doing Hope. Now I'm doing Cthulhu Jr. Now I'm doing the, 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 the. But then after a while, you're like, gosh, I would love to do just a, a genre horror short story again. But I need a place to put it. Right, right, right. So then you and I talk or whatever, or someone has an anthology coming out. I'm like, hey, man, how about we, you know, yeah. kind of. <clears throat> That's how it works, man. That's yeah. how it works. Everything wheel, bleeds yeah. together into a wonderful giant ocean of creative juice. I love it. <laughs> That's what I do, man. I just facilitate the fucking rowboats and shit, and y'all meet right. up and make some cool stuff. So, but Amen, uh, lots of fun stuff coming in the future. Uh, what was it? Six days left on the Quickstarter? We got six days left on yeah, uh, yeah. Quickstarter. Go to Kickstarter. Look, a buried but not dead. We are about less than 17, about $1,600 and change away from a hardcover. We are $500 on the nose away from- You'll have it by the morning. Everybody go and make it happen. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's I, good. I, I, 
Uh, Dirk, thanks again, bud. It was, uh, it's always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime very, very soon. Yes. I, I'm sure, uh, you know, I mean, my cheap plug is we leave and I can, I can plug this now that it's done. Haunted Hyans was nominated for three Ringo Awards. Oh my God. How did we not talk about that? Because Congratulations, oh, man. That. You know what? Because Mike Whitaker gets a oh, break today. Oh, no. you should have brought that up. Alessandro and oh. stuff, man. Oh, like... uh, yeah. Well, no, we're giving the plug that because I can plug it because voting is over. I didn't want to right. be a guy coming out pandering for votes. Right, oh. right. Of course. Of course. You know, yeah. But Haunted Hyans got nominated for Best Humor Comic of 2020. Right. Uh, Mariana Piscosta got nominated very well earned for best illustrator of the year. She's right. up there with like what Fiona Staples, like crazy stuff. And then Alexander de Fornasari got nominated for best colorist. All in this book right here. This book that I was, I, and Jay, you were here from the ground floor. You were there when, you know, Twisted was in New York and everything else. I did love I those not, guys. They're awesome. I, right. Did I, I'm just going to take my one moment. Did I not say, this book is going to turn heads and not be what people think. Yeah, but to be fair, you say that about everything you do. And, <laughs> Just but, kidding. no, that's no, this was book was something special yes. and it was something that I was excited about, not just because of the amazing, like subject matter involved, but the fact that you were, <laughs> you were stepping out of a comfort zone, uh-huh. you know, this was such a success, uh, especially for, you know, something that you're not used to doing this was a, a whole kind of new thing for you and it's it's yeah. been a, a huge success and i'm look super fucking happy and proud of you man look at that about mariana and alessandro yeah the writing yeah. oh yeah they yeah. fucking they murdered yeah the, the fact that their first major work that they both got nominated for ringos so mariana alessandro right um there was other nominations i believe that are of note to us were they not? Well, we got. Well, I don't. I just know that I'm we blanking have, out right now. No, we were. We were the only source point nominations this year. Was right, for, but no, there was someone, or maybe it was just so many people online saying, "Please vote for me." Like, it, I really do appreciate that you didn't do that, because it was an absolute onslaught of creators asking for people to vote for them, and yeah. I don't like these vote. I prefer the non-voted awards i really do that's why i appreciate like the joe schuster awards here like it's right. our eisner awards and it's like a council like it, you know tough. it's a select group of people making an informed educated decision about something not just how many people yeah. like it most well right? see and, and that's why again there's always the kind of the joke and even you made the joke a moment ago about dirk manning always overhyping himself and blah, 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 you know and always always promoting like crazy and I promote my work because I'm like really, really, really proud of my work and it's good. I work with very talented people, but you don't necessarily often see me out there doing these popularity contests and yeah. you're right. And they leave a really bad taste in my mouth. That's why I like the Ringos because it is fan nominated, but then it's juror decided you know exactly okay. so but again with the ringos like anything else you have people going out there saying call their friends vote for me vote for me vote for haunted high on do i want people to vote for haunted high on absolutely yeah i think it's a good book i think it's worthy of the vote. i think mariana and alessandro absolutely 
absolutely, absolutely deserve it. I think Haunted Highlands is a book. It's a team between myself and Twisted and everybody. Absolutely deserves it. But what you're not going to see is me calling everybody I know who who you vote for. Vote for what you want. You know, this is truly an honor to be nominated. We were nominated. No one can ever take away from the fact that, that we were nominated for Ring Three Ring Awards. It's amazing, dude. I'm so happy for all you guys, the whole goddamn team. I'm proud to have been there to, to, to witness it from the beginning. I may right. be thinking of Afterlift. Um, the digital comic from Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu that got uh, that won the uh, won the Eisner. That uh, I think no, I think there were some there were some of our Canadian friends were nominated. I think for the Ringos too, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look. That's what I think sticking in my head because I know I know that I know there was not other source point, but I know someone I know was also nominated because it was and really maybe, good. It was some amazing nominations this year. Oh my really, dude, yeah. top to bottom, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I mean, let me rephrase that. I know how talented Marianne and Alessandro are. Alessandro is actually coloring Tales Mystery Volume 5 as well now. Has been. Nice. I know how talented they are. It was shocking to me to see us get recognized. Like, Haunted High Ons for Best Hero Books up against Rick and Morty. Yeah, right? You know, it's like, Wow, man! What a what's up, a, man? The that, 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 That's what's up, right? I you literally know? had to comment on Jay, one of Jason Lou's because they got they got the Eisner, yep, and then I think the Ringo, and then I think they're nominated and they're also up for I think maybe a Schuster Award, but I don't know. It was like the third or fourth award or something, and I had to comment. I was just like, dude, can you just like lay off all the goddamn winning? Like this is ridiculous ridiculous right and it's amazing that it came out of like basically comicology started doing the digital comics and they right. went to they went to chip sadarsky and said, well you make us a comic and chip was like okay can i use so i want and they were like okay so he yeah. went and put together this fucking mega force of Monster toronto team. talent just like yeah. crazy like i don't know if you're i don't know if you've had the chance to read the book but you should you should check it out and read it um, especially uh, Paraseline does the colors on this book. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm familiar and with it. I haven't read it front to back Paris yet. is like, he's, he, I'm just shocked he hasn't, he, like he's done a lot of great stuff and his, he's got a fantastic career going, but I'm surprised he just hasn't blasted into that certain pat, plateau yet um, because here in like in Toronto and Canada, he's, he's it, right? Like he's the colorist of colorists pretty much going on. And, uh, you know, that's just his, his gig. And uh, I'm so happy for them all to be getting this attention and everybody on that team. And it's so cool of Chip, you know, to, as he's always done, uh, continue to bring up the, uh, the underlings in the Canadian comic community. So thanks, yep. Chip. And, I'm going to uh, show you, talking about people that you're so happy to see getting recognized. I use this, this spread as an example. Look at, I mean, it's kind of with a glare. Look what Alessandro is doing in the backgrounds in like their smoking room and their smoking bod studio, you know, oh, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, I, I've told them before. I'm like, you guys can go 75% and you will still dust 90% of the people. I mean, you know, yep. just the stuff they got going, going on. on it's like, it's like insane. So to see them get recognized and see Haunted High and Gura, well, my more of the story was, you said, we'll talk again soon. 
haunted high ends volume two brother you know i mean Fuck we gotta man. get we gotta get we gotta get the guys on the podcast you all gotta get your shit together oh that'd be awesome if we could sit down and do like a proper hour chatting with the fucking guys it's right. as amazing as it has been and they've been doing I, more and I more so appreciate getting you know getting to do it live on spot with them in those right. moments yeah i'd love to sit down and have like a proper chat so what um, shit do I get together? What? What are you busting on me for? Not you in particular, but your goddamn country needs to get its goddamn shit oh. together. So <laughs> what I, can, I do? I so I can come back there because yeah. I can't, and it may be a really long time. Because I'll tell you all, kids out there in the Americas who may be listening, uh, your president recently was talking about how Canada really wants the borders open. Um, that's a complete load of shit. Um, about 90% of the population of this country wants those borders to stay the fuck closed because we're terrified of what you're going to bring over here. And it's nothing personal, but yeah, it's just like a rampant wildfire. So why don't you all just stay the fuck home, put on a goddamn mask when you're not and get over this shit so I can come back, please. We did it. We literally did it. Like, there was no debate. They were like, you need to do this. And we went, okay, let's do this. So we don't all fucking die. And we're not all dying. So we're good. We're, you know, I could go to the movies safely if I wanted and stuff like that. I know a lot of your stuff's all open now, but it just terrifies me. You know, we, I I am prop, the horror writer who literally wrote a book about people in denial of a pandemic. Right. You know, of course, the pandemic I did was monsters, was demons. Right. There, there's literally a bit in volume four where, because, you know, people think all the monsters are gone. When Ranibus goes rampaging down the freaking street and they're like, my gosh, look at that gorilla. It's like, <laughs> it's like a flaming headed gorilla. Is it, you know, so, I mean, I was writing about this weird denial years ago. So I'm. I know, man, I, I'm probably not the best guy to ask about, oh, you know, we get our stuff together because, yeah, we just need to do what we got to do. We need to get back to we need to get back to normal. We get to get so we can see each other again. I'm more concerned about the impending Civil War sequel that's going to come on November 4th, but we'll worry about that when we get to it. But for now, kids, it's getting for now, late. Let's, how about for now we read some good comics? We read some wonderful comics. Um, go out there, and of course, we would be reminisced to mention, not or to not mention, Broken Gargoyles out there. Yeah. You know, get your Broken Gargoyles. Look at the beautiful Mr. Rework. But yeah. Gargoyles... The broken gargoyles. Get on it. Jesus, get out there and get it. Because it's cannot, real hard to get now because it's moving fast. Um, I cannot stress enough how much Source Point Source Point's been putting out hype titles for a while. Insane stuff lately. Now insane we're stuff. getting to the point where we're getting that next level where it's yeah. not just People have been around the block once or twice now. Yeah, right? now, now are, you notice Bob these Sally. are like third and fourth titles right. from people. That, that's right? it. You got guys like Bob Sally who did Ogre and did Ogres and did Salvager. And yeah. now he's building to a crescendo with things like Broken Gargoyles and just. Right. And tonight over uh, and kids go over to the Source Point press page and check out uh, Garrett Gunn was on Get to the Point with Chris Tadlock tonight. That was going on over there. Um, also, no heroin's been doing super duper well. It sold out a bunch of places. Um, Lots of yeah, stuff. yeah, so much cool stuff. Nora Volume Two uh, pre-orders, trade paperback and stuff. Get out there and get that. 
And brother, I'm going to, so I'm much gonna, awesome I'll, stuff. I'll close out on this. Wait till you see the Dirk Manning 2021 stuff. Woo! Brother, mark this moment. Right. Wait until you see it. I mean, like I said, there's a hint of if one I of the see things you in 2021, then I will get to see it. Brother, we're going to see each other one way or the other. And just, I know it's time. I know you got to go. Here, ready? Here's mine. Ready? You got your candy and I got my. Yeah, there it is. Hey, hey, ready? Ready? Look, look. Yeah, yeah. Nice. See, this is the I stuff I didn't like do. That. People I've that got precious know. few. I've got like maybe half a box left. Precious few, man. Precious the few. matches, the oh, matchbook we did. Yeah. You need more? I uh, I might know. Yeah, more, I, I, want more. I love matches. I, can man. I can I send matches to? We had a big problem actually mailing those out. Can no. I? No. Because uh, you know Matthew Noel of SourcePoint Press, he ordered some, uh, or Oxide Media, I guess I should say, he ordered some like uh, flavor tobacco, like for his vape, and he tried uh -huh. to like send it to me to go there, and I was like, it, it's not gonna get to you just because it comes through me. I can't send tobacco shit over the border, man. It just doesn't work that way. You what if, what if, I go to the border, and you come to the border? Can I like? Can we toss them over? Right. That's we'll like neutral water. Yeah. One of the Great Lakes. We can just like take little boats out. And just we could just send like corked bottles with stuff in it across the fucking river and hope. I will. I will. Find, I will. You know, I'm going to do the J. I'm going to put aside some more of the limited edition tales. Please of do. Oh, oh. So special. Dirk Manning, yes. everybody. Uh, oh, check it you, out. Brother. Buried but not dead on uh, Cauldron. Uh, Dirk, we love you very, very much. Jay. Uh, kids, stick with your shit. It's going to be all good. That is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Takaris. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. Oh, that Nemesis Studios was the old Stan Elegant Weapon intro. Sentimental stuff, day. kids. Uh, but everybody, seriously, one love. Take Be it easy. And uh, stay safe. See you real soon. Yes. Be safe. Back comics.